Ian Stott. And he signed it with a drop of blood, just in case I was too dense to gather the nature of my potential client. The blood smelled sweet and a smidgen sour. Not like the Asian sauce, but more like the candy. It's subtly different from the blood of a living person, both more appealing and less so. It's tough to describe. We're dead, sort of. Everything smells and tastes different. A few things look different, too. My pupils are permanently dilated, so although my eyes once were brown, now they're black. I'm as white as a compact fluorescent bulb, which you might expect from a woman who avoids the sun to the best of her ability. And my teeth? Well, I try not to show them when I smile. They're not all incriminatingly pointy, don't get me wrong. When I yawn, I'm not flashing a row of shark's choppers, but my canines are decidedly buggy. Thank God they don't hang down as long as they once did. I know a guy. He filed them for me. These days they may be short, but they're still sharp enough to puncture an oil can, and that's how I like it. My hair is more or less the same as it always was, a shade of black that doesn't require any further descriptors. It's short because, and I tell you this at the risk of dating myself, it was cut in a flapper style when I was alive. It used to bother me that it won't grow any longer now that I'm post-viable, but I've convinced myself that it's just as well. It helps reinforce that whole sexual ambiguity thing. Did I mention that already? No? Well, it's easy to sum up. I'm on three most wanted lists internationally, and on every single one I'm listed as a man known only as Cheshire Red. I'm not sure how this happened, or why. I'm tallish for a woman, or shortish for a man. I'm slender, with breasts that are small enough to go unremarked. In the dark, at a glance on a grainy security camera, I could pass for a young man. And far be it from me to argue with the Phoebes. If they want to keep on the lookout for a dude, so much the better for my career path and continued operation. But anyway, Ian Stott. The number at the bottom of his summons wasn't local, and I didn't recognize the area code. Call me paranoid, but I had some reservations about dialing it up. I considered jaunting down to the nearest gas station and using the payphone. Then I remembered that the bastard already knew where I lived, and I'd just be closing the barn door after the horse had run off. Hell, I was lucky he hadn't shown up on my doorstep. Come to think of it, I wondered why he hadn't. I wondered if he was watching me. I wondered if... Okay, you would be right to call me paranoid, obviously, yes. But you don't survive as long as I have by being sloppy and easily accessible. That's a recipe for disaster. I'm much happier when I feel invisible. I fondled the card between two fingers and tried to talk myself out of my phobic spiral. He'd given me a name. Was it his real name? There was no telling. But he'd signed it properly, although I noted after looking again at the envelope, the signature didn't match the chicken-scratch scrawl of the address. The signature was large and smooth and easy to read. My address would have been more legible if it had been composed in pickup sticks. Okay, so he knew where I lived, but he was respecting my space. Apparently. Again, I had an irritating flash of nervousness, wondering if he was right outside, or across the street, or downstairs, or hiding in a closet. Because I couldn't stop myself, I rushed to the hall closet and flung it open to make sure. Packed with shades of brown, black, and gray as usual, it was devoid of any two-legged lurkers. For about five seconds I was relieved. 
Then I scanned the rest of the room with renewed frantic suspicion. I grabbed a big black knife, my personal favorite, a carbon steel jobby nearly a foot long, and I kicked in my own bathroom door. Empty. And now it also had a cracked tile on the wall where the knob had knocked it. Fantastic. Too crazy to stop once I'd got myself started, I ran to the bedroom and checked that closet as well. More brown, black, and gray. No intruders. Into the kitchen I burst. The walk-in pantry was secure. The spare bedroom, of course. But it was likewise bereft of uninvited guests, as a mad, crashing investigation shortly revealed. Having exhausted my innate store of neurotic lunacy, I felt like an idiot. I really should have just called the number in the first place. I sat down on the arm of the couch, fished my phone out of my bag, took a deep breath, and dialed. The phone at the other end only rang once before it...